1: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Sex we're and
0: violence. violence. Sex
1: and violence. Sex, Sex and violence. 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 Hey guys, welcome back to Sex and Violence with Rebel Girl, where we interview high-level MMA fighters and other experts in their fields about love, dating, romance, and that all-too-taboo subject, sex. I'm your host, Ashley, Rebel Girl, Evan Smith, now let's talk about sex and violence.
0: happening hot stuff
1: what's up all my naughty listeners and naughty viewers now if you are watching this you know that this is our first video podcast we are very excited to bring you the full version Uh, audio will always be available but we are finally stepping things up and this is the part of the podcast if you're a new listener where i tell everyone what i have going on in my life so, if you're a long term listener, I'm going to continue telling you because I'm fucking jazzed about finally feeling pain free for the last two years. I've been in pain. I had a artificial disc inserted in my neck and that took me about nine to ten months to, um, you know, fully heal from. But then I had some residual pain, which kept me from training. And it's been over a year and a half now. And about ten weeks ago, I went down to Tijuana, Mexico. I know that sounds crazy, but don't be afraid. There's a facility there in the, inside the Chipsa Hospital, and it's called the Cellular Performance Institute. They gave me stem cells in three discs in my neck, as well as my knee. And for the first time in two years, I'm finally pain-free. I'm not doing this as a commercial for them. I'm just excited because I know a lot of you out there are dealing with chronic pain, whether you're an athlete or not. You may just sit at a desk all day and have lower back pain or an old knee injury from football back in the day. I don't know what it is, but I cannot talk about the Cellular Performance Institute enough. I'm going to give you guys all the information in the show notes like I always do, but I just I can't recommend it enough, guys. My life has been a roller coaster emotionally. The one good thing, one of the few good things, is that I started this podcast. And so I'm bringing you guys content, keeping myself busy, but I'm finally ready to get the fuck back in the cage. I'm an athlete. You know, I guess I'm a podcast host now, but my love and my first, you know, goal is always to get back in the cage, win fights, and get to the belt. So. I just, I'm just happy, and I wanted to share that knowledge with you guys. See, um, some other things I got going on. Um, January, sorry, May 6th, I will be in Las Vegas. So this is basically for you Vegas residents. I've been working with a photographer. He also works with the UFC, but he does uh, UFC and boudoir photography, and his name is Juan Cardenas. He's having an art exhi- exhibit, and I wanted to share a little tidbit of information So it's called All Eyes on Me, presents strong, intimate, honest portraits as a parody and a contrast between the raw and ridiculous. It's an awkward joke of sexy and attractive figures with cartoon eyes that invite you to laugh. The reality of these images is as any other and at the same time absurd, since they say nothing about those who pose for the camera and they should not grant the viewer any right to judge. Juan is a great photographer. Like I said, he works with the UFC, but he also is an artist, and so he does lots of boudoir, and he's combining kind of this sexy vibe with the silly cartoon eyes, and it's going to be a great time. Uh, The times and the dates, like I said, were May 6th from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. at the Recycled Propaganda in Las Vegas. Um, If you want to come, I'll be there as well. There's going to be food and drinks, and it's just a, a really big event and a fun time. And he's also one of the photographers that I've worked with um, on my new FanTime account, which is an adult content site. And you guys can check that out. My site is www.ashleyrebelgirl.com. It's going pretty well. You guys who are longtime listeners know I'm a pretty shy girl about my body. And, you know, I'm not in perfect shape right now, but it's really been fun. You know, it, it teaches you to embrace what you got going on right now. And I just happen to be fluffy and thank goodness thick is in right now. So check that out, support your girl, and you can support the show by giving us a rating and a review. Guys, it's fucking free, you know. Uh, You can also buy merchandise on the uh, website, which is sexviolencewithrebelgirl.com. But if you just, you know, want to save some money but still support the show, give us a rating and a review on iTunes. Spotify does not have the ability to give, like, a full review, so come on. Even if you listen to Spotify, just go give an Apple review. It really helps the show. OK, guys, let's talk about some fights. This weekend, the UFC is back at the apex, and they will be for the rest of the month. This card was a little shaky. We had some some fallouts, but it's shaping up to be pretty great. So we've got Vicente Luque, who knocked out Bilal Muhammad back at UFC 206 in 2016. But now both men have improved considerably, and again, we have a, them fighting as a five-round bout. As for the co-main event, unfortunately, it was supposed to be Uriah Hall against Andre Muniz, but Hall withdrew from the card, and officials couldn't find a suitable replacement. Uh, we've got a really, really stacked card. We have Kayo Barallo versus Godzi, uh oh, killing this name, I'm sorry, <laughs> Omar Godzidiv. Miguel Beza versus Andre Fialo. Mariah Bueno Silva versus Wu Yan. Pat Sabatini versus TJ Laramie. And on the prelims, we have Devin Clark versus William Knight. Lena Landsberg versus Pani Kianzad. Drakar Close versus Brandon Jenkins. Rafa Garcia versus Jackie, Je- Jesse Ronson. Chris Barnett versus Martin Bidet. Trey Ogden versus Jordan Levitt, Sam Hughes versus Estella Nunes. And finally, opening the card, we have Healy tang versus Kevin Crom. If you want to email us you can email us at sexandviolencepodcast no, oh, sorry, sexandviolencepodcast at gmail.com and, you know, you can give us a guest suggestion, you can tell us what you think about the show if you just want to communicate or if you want to sponsor the show that's also available Speaking of sponsors, let's talk about some sponsors that we currently have I'm so excited, guys. Okay, and I say guys, not the girls. Sorry, ladies. This one's not for you. This one is for all my listeners with some whiskers, you know, like mutton chops, a goatee, mustache, a fumen. No, no one has Fooman shoes anymore. But how about like a side beard or a neck beard or just a good old-fashioned, you know, face beard this is for you guys we are now in partnership with the best facial hair oil in the business and they're called rebel apothecary how fitting is that it's perfect right we didn't even plan that these guys are the best they're the best beard oil in in the game and they i know this because not because i have a beard but i know many hairy men jujitsu guys mma fighters and i've given this product to them and they said it's great it keeps your face maintained and it smells good too guys Please check them out. They are a family-owned and operated business. And you can use our discount code, REBEL, to get 25% off your entire order. Find them on Instagram at rebel.apothecary or online at rebelapothecary.com. Check them out. Rebel Apothecary. Beard oil. When choosing a supplement company, most would think it's an easy choice. But it's not. It's a matter of pride. You have your goal set to become who you were meant to be, a decision, a moment in life when you decide to be more, to be great, to use everything you can to be more than who you were. I choose Perfect Sports as my supplement company because Perfect Sports has been dedicated to providing top pros and athletes with the absolute highest quality nutritional supplements for over 18 years. Since 2003, Perfect Sports has been the choice for the most dedicated and discerning MMA and physique-transforming athletes who demand the very best. Perfect Sports is known for their product, Diesel New Zealand Whey Protein Isolate. It's a pure, grass-fed, pasture-raised protein that comes exclusively from the isolated island nation of New Zealand. Virtually free of lactose with a 90% protein yield, Even people who feel that they might be sensitive to dairy love this protein. (laughs) I'm really most excited, because you guys know me, about their newest product, the Diesel Vegan. That will be ready in about a month, so stay tuned. But they aren't just a protein company. They've got products for bulking and leaning out, products for strength and recovery, pre-workout, or health and wellness to keep your immune up during these unprecedented times. Buy online at www.perfectsports.com and use code REBELGIRL for 20% discount. Connect with them on social media for all their latest product releases and giveaways. That's at Perfect Sports TM. Again, connect with them on social media for all the latest products and giveaways at Perfect Sports TM. Choose Perfect Sports. Be great. Today's guest is a sexual communication expert a professor at California University Fullerton, a sex and relationship coach and host of Love Bites by Dr. Tara. It's a podcast that focuses on sexual wellness. Her work has been featured in Cosmopolitan, Women's Health Magazine, Insider, and other media outlets. Her goal is to normalize sex talks and help people live a more passionate life and feel more sexually fulfilled through confidence and communication coaching. We talk about butt plugs in church God is pro-pleasure, porn-reliant versus porn addiction, unsolicited dick pics, heteroflexible, nose pathways to the penis, flaws of porn, situational ED versus clinical ED, sexual meditation, and much more. Here is your guest, Dr. Tara of Love Bites. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> guys first video podcast and we have a beautiful guest to start with Uh, everyone please welcome dr tara thank you so much for being on the show
0: Hello, everyone. Hi, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Ashley.
1: Yeah, this is our first episode, like I told you, and I told our, uh, you know, listeners. So we're going to be, you know, having some growing pains, but I'm super excited. This is what we've been working for, for two years now. So it's, you know, and you're a podcast host as well. So I know that you can be excited for us as well.
0: It is. It's so exciting. I think video is the future, you know, like audio is great, but video is so engaging.
1: And, you know, we both have sex podcasts and most people who listen to sex podcasts, they're not going to turn down the video aspect, the visual aspect.
0: Oh, hey, it's me, Dr. Tara here. <laughs> so
1: let's jump right into it. You know, it's a different format when I have an expert on as opposed to our normal athlete guest. But I still want to ask you about your background, because all I know is that you were an immigrant from Thailand and now you are a confident sexpert. And I'm sure there's a lot in between. But could you walk us through your journey?
0: Yeah, like, can I tell you a little story? Yes, yes, please. We love stories. Okay, so I am uh, originally from Thailand. Uh, I was born and I grew up in Bangkok, which is big, uh, it's a big city. Um, But in Thailand, uh, sex is very much taboo and sex talks, like, never happen, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, growing up there, I felt like it was very sexually conservative. So when I was... When I hit puberty, which was like 12, 13, I was feeling a lot of like sexual feelings, but I did not have anyone to go to. Uh, I did not have anyone to talk to. My parents never talked about sex. Like, did your parents talk about sex?
1: No, no. I I had very absent parents, not abusive, nothing like that. But I look back now, just not there. So you end up learning on your own, whether it's books or your friends or the hard way, which is what happened to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, me too. Mm. So my parents didn't talk to me about sex. um, And then my school did not have sex ed. Mm. Like Thailand doesn't believe in sex ed. (laughs) So I have like no information. So everything that I had learned from teenage years is either from talking to peers, uh, from reading a magazine, or from porn. Yeah. Mainly from porn because I grew up in a generation where we had dial-up internet. like. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like we're in the same generation. Are you in your 30s? I'm 34. Okay, same. Okay. So, yeah. so, we growing up, we had a dial-up dial internet. I just right?
1: I, like, you know, I just saw a meme. I have to tell you this. <laughs> if you know what ASL is, it said, "I hope your back is okay." And I'm like, "Oh, my back is messed up." <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Yeah, seriously. But like with dial-up internet, I remember like loading up a porn video, <laughs> and then I'm just so afraid my parents would walk in. I think a lot of your listeners may be able to relate to this, mm-hmm. like just wanting to explore. Like, what is sex? What is it like? But then, like, what I ended up learning as I'm older, as I'm in my PhD program, is that a lot of that is very toxic. A lot of that is very unrealistic, and it creates a very unrealistic expectations amongst all of us. So we enter relationships with uh, misguided information. Mm-hmm. Right. So fast forward from, you know, me being in Thailand and growing up, having no sex education, not really anyone to talk to learning mostly from porn. Uh, when I first moved here to the United States, uh, I, I mean, number one, I did not write English very well. Like you'd be surprised how well I write now as like English is not my first language, but I did not write English. Well, I did not speak fluent English i came here, you know, I'm like not a generally shy person. But of course, I was like very socially anxious because it's America. Like it's a new brand new place. People don't look like me. People don't speak my language. So, yeah, I had a lot of like social anxiety. What age did you come over? I came over, I think at 20, 20. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of us, I think, can relate to like feeling socially anxious, Mm -hmm. even though we're we're a confident person or even though we are not a shy person. Like, you know, I was very socially anxious and I just remember I started dating people and throughout my twenties, I didn't realize I have a problem (laughs) that I did not understand myself sexually. And when I engage in sex, it's all about my partner. Ah. It's all about pleasuring them. Mm -hmm. It's all about getting validation from them. Yeah. So... I rarely experienced sexual pleasure hmm. in my early 20s. Yeah. Because of that, like, people please characteristic that I have. Yeah. And I want you to like me. I want you to validate me. So let me do all these things for you. So sex became very much a chore. Because, like, if I don't get sexual pleasure from it, then it is a chore. Yeah. Blowjob is a job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Or, you know, if you have a partner that you are so immensely connected with or in love with, you may get pleasure like I do from seeing them get pleasure. But the actual act, it's, you know, let's face it, like it's not my favorite you know, sexual act, giving blowjobs, but the gratification that I see on my partner's face and the sounds he makes, that turns me on. So that, you know, I understand what you're saying though. Yeah.
0: You're a generous lover. And I did not discover being a generous lover until my late twenties. So like all my early twenties, I had a bunch of sexual partners and all about it was about them. Mm -hmm. And it was never about me. And a lot of women, it's it's almost like an epidemic. A lot of women that watch porn growing up, learning from porn, they think they should sound like porn and they should look like porn. Oh, a man comes into the room. You should immediately get wet without them touching you. And then just like, oh, my God, come fuck me. Ah, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. ah, oh, my God. Yes. Right uh, immediately, yeah, like with no foreplay, with no clitoral stimulation, yeah. like all of that. So it's fake, yeah. The format so, of
1: porn usually is uh, you know, when the guy comes, you know, that's the big grand finale, yeah. that's what you're working towards, and then it's done. And it's like, there's two of us in this situation, isn't it?
0: <laughs> exactly. So I had that thought my whole life, like r- when I was younger, so I was in that the whole time, and then real as I Started studying more about romantic relationships in graduate school, Uh, and I have a PhD in human communication, Mm -hmm. specifically studying relationships uh, from Arizona State University. So I lived in Arizona for four years, and I loved it. And I was trained under professors that were studying attachment style, uh, a professor that came up with affection exchange theory, all of these things that explain that describes real life. Wow. And I'm like, okay, well, I have a people-pleasing issue. I have never self-explored. I have insecure attachment. Uh, I don't know how to affectionately communicate. So I learned all of this in graduate school (laughs) and I have had, you know, an epiphany like, damn, I should embark in a real intense personal development journey. Wow. My, I call it sexual awakening journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From very like, you know, timid kind of like, just tell me what I do. I don't ever ride like my partner because I don't know how um, to like, yeah, I'm going to embrace all of this and learn to be really comfortable receiving pleasure yeah, and giving pleasure, yeah. right? Like, how do I get pleasure from giving pleasure as well? So all of these things uh, I, after I graduated from uh, from my PhD program, I got my dream job as a professor uh, at Cal State University Fullerton in Orange County. Yeah. Um, I love being a professor, and you know, doing research as a professor it's it's very rewarding because the more you do research, the more you learn. A part, a big part of research is reading what has been done. Right. So if you're doing uh, brand new research and before you collect data, we have to do what is called a literature review. For those of you that have went to college in like social science or humanities, you know what a literature <laughs> is and it's a pain in the ass to write. Uh, but in doing that, you learn so much of like what has been studied and what do we know now? Yeah. And where do, where do we go from here? Yeah. So. Uh, from then on, I started doing more research in sex and my recent research, the one that I uh, talk about in my recent Ted talk, uh, was based on 5,000 people. It's actually a little bit more, but 5,000 is easier to say. (laughs) Uh, And I was looking at factors that contribute to sexual satisfaction. Can you guess, Ashley, what is the number one predictor of long-term sexual satisfaction?
1: I mean, you are a sexual communications expert, so I want to say communication.
0: (laughs) Exactly. It doesn't matter. Like, yes, the skills and the connection, all of that, like, is prerequisite. Like, all of that matters. But the ability to have amazing sex or just great sex long term, you have to talk. Yeah, yeah. You have to be able to communicate Mm -hmm. before sex, during sex, after sex. Yeah. So the fact that a lot of people think sex is just something you do. It's not something you have to talk about. You should just know how to, what to do is bullshit, yeah. right? Yeah. It's them fooling themselves like, oh my God, I'm a sex god. I can do this. I don't have <laughs> to talk about sex. Like, no way. You have to talk about sex. Yeah. There is a consensus in the research community that sexual communication is a strong predictor of sexual satisfaction. Of course, period. of course. And yeah. I mean, when, when I hear that, it's funny
1: because everyone always says, oh, long-term relationships are so boring and the sex just gets so boring, right? Yeah. But in my own personal long-term relationship that I'm in, we've been together over two years now, which is a long t- time for me, um, and I'm very proud it's of that. Long,
0: it's long-term in Southern California. It's long-term <laughs> in LA.
1: <laughs> you know, and, you know, as our my relationship goes on, the sex gets better because I feel more comfortable with my partner and talking about these things, and he feels more comfortable talking to me, and he knows he's not gonna uh, be met with ridicule or, or teasing. I don't know, you know, whatever someone might fear about talking about sex, there's no worries in a long-term relationship you truly love the person and if you're going to be with them long-term you better talk about it because sex is very very important
0: it is it really is very important and without the facilitation of communication um better sex cannot occur Mm -hmm. right um so when it comes to like top questions that i typically get from my followers or from my clients uh one of them is how do i bring up a sex issue yeah I mean, just just the beginning part is
1: hard, you know, and, you know, you are the expert here, but I I've been in my own personal situations where I've wanted to talk about a sexual topic with my partner. And I realized setting is also very important timing and delivery. With anything, I think, now that you think about it, you know, you can make things more comfortable with those three factors. But in my opinion, like those things are very important. I don't know how to phrase it perfectly, you know, but if you set it up
0: in the right way, it might be a little bit easier. Totally. Setting, setting means so much. Uh, because think about it. If you bring up a sex issue like right after penetration or right after sex <laughs> people are very vulnerable after yeah. sex yeah like that's why that's why people think sex is such a big deal is because we truly show like who we are what we're doing we're naked you know we're inside each other we're exchanging fluids like it's a very vulnerable situation yeah. uh so to be bringing up such like you know concerns a big issue, yeah, yeah something that they might feel is Wow! Like attacking their character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right after sex. So setting, like you're on point there. Setting means a lot. So like I usually recommend my clients or my uh, listeners, like do something low stake, like say it maybe during morning coffee mm. or when you're on a, when you're on a hike. Because when you're on a hike, maybe it's more relaxing. You're outdoors. You're uh, less like you know tense. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like bringing up right after like a really long busy work day is also bad. Yeah, no. So, yeah, setting means a lot. So definitely think about that, um, and then delivery right? I would always tell people make it a we issue, not a you issue. Yeah, yep, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, hey, like, I, I love you. I think we have good sex. I definitely want to try ABC. I think we can really have fun from it. I think we can really grow from it. I think we will really enjoy it. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Instead of like, you never want to do this. You never want to try. You don't initiate sex. Like yeah. that's attacking people and there was never in history of psychology that people change based on an attack. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we're talking specifically about sexual
1: communication, but anything, you know, if, especially if you're in a relationship or even a work relationship, you know, it, right. being inclusive with your terminology can make it feel less, you know, um, like it's the, the, some their fault, you know, like it's something right. you can work on together. Yeah, that's. Yeah. You know, when you say it out loud, it's kind of like, well, duh, but you don't think
0: about it that way. No. And millions of people use those words.
1: Yeah. that's You know, great.
0: like like just it's the best way to go is to make sure it's a we issue and not a you issue. That's great.
1: Yeah. So, you know, now that we've kind of like dove into what you do, I know you also you know, you said you're the professor and you do Uh, sexual communication uh, coaching at lovebites.co. So I guess what I want to do is kind of like a hypothetical. So if me and my partner, we are a heterosexual couple, and we, two years in, we'll use my real relationship. Sorry, boyfriend. And, you know, (laughs) I want to, you know, talk to my boyfriend about something or I'm having a certain issue how how does that work? Do I just contact you and then what if my boyfriend is a little standoffish? Can you get sexual com, you know communication coaching
0: by yourself or does your partner have to join in? Great question. And you know, a lot of people have a conf- have confusions about that when it comes to when do I get coaching? So, um in in general, like I'm a sex and relationship coach. So, if there is a sex and relationship issue, you would come to someone like me versus uh, I want to get this off the bat versus like if you have had a specific trauma mm-hmm. you want to work on, I highly recommend a therapist. Okay, okay. Yeah, but if there is a, a certain sex issue in your relationship or a relationship issue or maybe you're ha- you have been monogamous for a long time and you kind of want to try opening it up a little but you don't know how to approach it, okay. people like that come to me. Got so it. So my clients have like a specific issue and a specific goal. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. they want better sex. They want uh, more intimacy, more connection, new things. So they know what they want. So typically like let's give let's do your scenario. Okay. You can do one or two things. Uh one, you can reach out to me first as an individual right? And say like, Hey, here's, here's all my concerns. Here's what we're going through right now in terms of our sex life. You know, like he initiates a lot more. He thinks I don't initiate. I find him uh, less attractive than before. Uh, I just want to tell you all my problems right now so that when we come in together for couples counseling, like, you know, where I'm coming from. Okay. So sometimes a person in a relationship will reach out to me first and set up the couple's call later. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the couple comes in and then, you know, I can do it face to face, like in my office in Orange County or L.A., or we can do it on Zoom. But typically, uh, one person usually reach out because that's the one person that feels the most pressure from that issue. Yeah. Uh, or the much fewer times, but it has happened, you know, quite like 10 times is the couple reaches out together. So they had already talked about their issue. And maybe it's at a point where they don't know how to reconcile because of the differences. Mm -hmm. So they're like, let's reach out to a third person. Let's talk to her. Let's see what she says. Here's where we're coming from. We're different on this perspective. Now, like, what do we do? Yeah, yeah. So sometimes couples do come in together. That makes
1: sense. I guess what I was wondering, um, you know, that makes sense to me. But what if, you know, and obviously it's an issue already if this is the situation. But what if my partner like he's stubborn and he doesn't want to do it? Do what mm-hmm. I still get the same benefits from just one on one coaching and then taking those suggestions or lessons, uh, information
0: into my relationship? I mean, um, is that possible? sex is 70% you 30% your partner so a lot of times if you are like you know having a blockage or an issue with your partner uh, it it is most likely that a part of you is contributing to that issue oh yeah yeah. yeah, it's never like, oh, it's 100% their issue, of course, you know? Of course. So I, So when I coach the person and they are able to go back to their relationship, apply some of the things I suggest, mm-hmm. typically the results that I see is that their partner becomes a little bit more soft a little bit more open minded a little bit more empathetic yeah and then they're and then eventually uh they either come in together or eventually they start doing the practices that i recommend that makes sense because with anything it's like if you take the lead and show you're willing to
1: change or compromise or whatever it is you know mm-hmm. you kind of like wave the white flag or you know like take the first yeah. step then the your partner is is more willing or more likely to do the sim- something the same
0: Totally. Yeah. It's uh it's basic psychology called modeling behavior. Modeling behavior. So, okay. same with children, uh as children, we absorb the way our parents interact.
1: Oh, no. And we
0: model <laughs> our behaviors based on them. Oh, shit. Uh, and I'm not saying we don't change. We do change based on like our peers, our siblings, uh pa- like relationship experiences, Partners, life yeah. experiences. Yeah. yeah. But when we were young, when we were kids, we absorb those and we model our behaviors after the, their behavior. So in a relationship, uh, we also model our behavior based on what's going on with our partner. Okay. So if you're in a relationship where both of you are closed off, both of you are tense, you're not having sex, you're not having intimacy, that's just mirroring, uh, modeling off of each other and it's endless. Yeah. You know, this negativity or this lack of passion, lack of intimacy, it's endless. Yeah. It can go on forever. So one person has to change. That makes so right? much sense. So back to your question. Can you improve the relationship by coming to the coaching session on your own? Yeah. Yes, you can, because you will be the person that changes. You will be the courageous person that starts doing something positive for the relationship when it comes to passion. And then hopefully the partner is able to pick up these things that you're modeling and they do it after you. Makes right.
1: sense. So what are, you know, I know this is a loaded question, but you know, maybe like the top five or top 10, yeah. if you can think of it, you know, uh, what are the most common issues that you deal with in your profession? You know, I mean, lack of sex, you know, people wanting to have multiple partners, um, you know, I don't know, cheating, infidelity.
0: I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. What are, what are the the main ones? The number one issue, and this is number one for all therapists too like that My my, I have a lot of therapist friends uh, sex therapists so the number one issue I want is... oh
1: sorry I want to
0: see if uh, if my team can guess
1: team DJ Zul what is the number one issue with uh, the sexual sex, coach. sex coaching guesses the, man
0: not talking is reality. the
1: male not being communicative
0: that's the third issue but oh, yes my... that's a top issue gentlemen
1: woman just doesn't want to have sex
0: okay so that's a that's an explanation out outside of this top issue but let me share the top issue. okay okay but it's related good job to not having <laughs> okay. sex okay so the number one issue that couples come to sex coaches for mm-hmm. uh, is sexless relationship oh how sad no sex at all nope no sex. Wow. Oh, you would be surprised, and I don't want to shame anyone. This is very normal. There are some couples that have not had sex for three years.
1: That's about three years too long. <laughs> yeah. 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 Three years too long.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There That's... are cu- there are real couples, high performing individuals in societies, very smart, very successful. Yeah they're not having sex. And that doesn't mean that it's
1: a loveless relationship. It just means no sex. No, they love each other. Yeah. No passion. Oh no. Yes. Yes.
0: Love. Yes. Care. Yes. You know, all of the above. Yeah. No sex, no passion. Yikes. So yeah, it's, it's close. It's, it's emotionally intimate, but it's like a roommate. It's like a good friend. Yeah. 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 It's like you live with your best friend, no passion. That is the number one issue okay. uh, right now. And I'm, I assume that it has been for the last 20 years. And that's why we see so many divorces. And the reason for those divorces a lot of times is lack of sexual compatibility or lack of sex. Which can of, lead to
1: of... infidelity or something else. Most of the times, yeah. infidelity. Okay.
0: Yeah. Because if you don't get the pleasure and the feeling desired from your relationship. And I'm not justifying infidelity. Infidelity is bad. Yeah. Uh, But here's the reasoning, the psychological reasoning behind infidelity uh, is that they don't feel wanted and desired in their current relationship. Uh, When someone, you know, shows them attention, gives them attention, are interested in what they're saying, they want them, they express that like, oh my God, like, you know, you're so attractive. I can't even stop looking at you. Mm -hmm. The guard that you have up based on monogamy and marriage and promises tend to... (laughs) Go down, that guard. Yeah, yeah. it tend to fade away because now someone is giving you what you need as a human, attention Mm -hmm. and feeling wanted, right? You need this as a human. So if you don't get it in a relationship, uh, you typically want to get it elsewhere. And, you know, a lot of people don't like that I say this. A lot of women don't like that I say this because they're like, oh, are you justifying it's okay for me to cheat? I am not. Yeah. What I'm saying here, let's do PSA. What <laughs> I'm saying is uh, sexual pleasure and passion in a long-term relationship is a two-people job yeah. or more if you're in a polyamorous relationship. Yes. But typically, two-people job. So if there is a lack of passion, it's rarely one person's fault. If there is a lack of passion, it's two people. It takes two to tango. It takes two to have a sexless relationship.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. I'm not... I'm not saying that I'm saying you should improve together to find that passion and sexual intimacy back to each other again
1: yeah of course you're not saying that infidelity is okay but you're just saying that there is a reason behind any moves that you make in a relationship and if you don't know the reasons why that's happening how are you going to fix that So it's important to point out why it's happening or what leads us there mentally or emotionally. Uh, So this is a a podcast where we have on primarily athletes. So as an expert, I was wondering if you could talk about some, you know, without saying names, is there any uh, specific problems? I I, I don't want to say problems, specific issues that you've dealt with um, from athletes in their relationships?
0: Yeah, I what I've seen, so I have athletes okay. as clients. I mean, being in, you know, LA and Orange County, uh, I come across a lot of athletes of different kinds. Uh, the two uh, issues that I typically see is one is uh, situational erectile dysfunction.
1: Oh, bummer.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and then two is uh, females' lack of sexual desire and lack of sexual arousal. Yeah uh, perhaps from like extreme training, I have, uh, women that are, um, runners, Mm -hmm. um, that are like professional, like, you know, um, marathoners or or, like runners and they're really skinny and they don't get period, um, you know, every month. Yeah. Uh, and they say that, you know, I, I don't have any sexual arousal. Like I touch myself. I stopped, I stopped, uh, masturbating completely because I just don't feel the arousal. Don't feel Uh, the urge to do it. Right. I don't feel the urge. I don't feel... And then when I do it, it doesn't feel that great. So these are some of the issues that athletes have. But then there's one other issue that just came to my mind right now. And this is a couple. One of them is an athlete, a professional athlete. um, And uh, the other is not. Uh, The other is an accountant. (laughs) And uh, their issue is the athlete wants to have rough sex. Oh, and you know, like go, 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 like hot, <laughs> passionate, rough sex. Yeah. But the partner wants more like tantric, slow energy, mm-hmm. eye contact, hovering, yeah. like all of these other things that may seem like an opposite of the aggressive sex, but really isn't. So I had to, you know, do some probing questions with a couple. And then we came up with like different practices that they can do together.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, my first thought is... Do you
0: like rough sex?
1: Yeah. You know, and that's a common... (laughs) It's a common question that I ask all the athletes because it's like... Especially they're combat sports athletes. So it's like males and females, we we just... You know, I don't even know if this is bad to say, but we're kind of like alphas, right? It's Uh like, you know, we are very dominant and aggressive Mm -hmm. and assertive. And so I love to ask because it's different for everyone... Does that translate into the bedroom, and I'd say most of- to- most of the time it does, but mm-hmm. for a lot of the women like myself, it's the opposite. We are so aggressive twenty four seven when we get in the bedroom with our partner it's like the one time we can be submissive and let our guard down and and not and be controlled, and that's okay, so it's different with everyone as you know, but yeah personally yeah. um I like to be aggressive, but uh, my partner is also an athlete. And so <laughs> i he's more aggressive than, than I am. And so I kind of let him take the lead. And I like that.
0: Yeah, that's the situation that I'm seeing is like male athletes like aggressive sex. But then um, sometimes due to maybe like too much training, too much gym, uh, as well as just a lot of psychological pressure. When they do have sex uh they tend to experience these like you know sexual anxiety and just situational ed situational ed is not clinical so like you can have Uh, uh, an erection but like in different situations you experience ed i'm sorry
1: could you clarify a little bit more um situational ed and clinical ed what is the difference clinical is my, my guess is clinical it may be because of like a supplementation like steroids or or overtraining and then situational would be a mental or emotional thing
0: yeah Yes. Okay. So, an OBGYN would ask this question. Do you get a boner when you wake up? So, if you, <laughs> yeah, the team, the team around you, do they get a boner? Oh, guys,
1: <laughs> do you guys have morning wood? Yes. Not every day, but it happens. We got a yes, a sometimes and Eddie just blushed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so an OBGYN would say, do you get a boner like, you know, when you wake up? Okay. If you do, you don't have clinical ED. Oh, that's great. Right. So okay. that's a simple test. Okay, that's easy, yeah. Yeah, so for all of your listeners, if you do get a boner here and there like you don't have clinical ED, this is when you have to treat it with like medication or injection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, it's psychological. Got it. The majority ED issues uh, it's because it's psychological. Oh, I
1: didn't know that. I would have guessed yeah. it was clinical, just because. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't have a wiener. I don't think about it that much, but uh, yeah, okay. I that's... Think about wieners every day. <laughs> I think about my boyfriend's wiener every day. But, <laughs> um, but
0: yeah, it's psychological, uh, particularly with athletes, because athletes are very competitive. Yes. Athletes are very like very much striving, and they want to win. Performance based. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, even in
1: sex, I know for me, sometimes I'm having a great time, but like, I'll, I'll like think of myself outside of outside the box or like outside of myself, like, how does this look, you know, right. because, um, and I don't know if this is because I'm a giving partner or self-conscious, but I'm also thinking about like, do I look sexy right now? Am I writing mm-hmm. his dick in a sexy way or do mm-hmm. I look weird? Which I know that our partners are not concerned about the way you look if you're, you right. know, on top of them having sex. But, um, yeah, I'm also thinking about like, am I giving a good performance? You know, not in a false way, you know, because I'm enjoying the sex. But um, I think athletes, males and females, we are competition based and we're always thinking about our performance as well.
0: Yes. So that's why, like back to your question about, you know, the issue with athletes, like with males, um, erectile dysfunction is so normal, like so common because you are performance based, because you're competitive, because you're aggressive, because you want to win. Right. Yeah. And not a negative way. Like it's a positive way. You want to have a great experience during sex. That's a win. Yeah. But then all of that pressure, uh, especially for a male, you know, for a penis, um, it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Oh, this is such yeah. a loaded question. But, you know, uh, quick response.
1: Um, let's say I'm a male. I have uh, clinical uh, ED. Oh, sorry, situational ED. Um, You know, how would I go about, obviously, let's see, I get a uh, sexual communication coach like you, Dr. Tara, you know, like, how would you help me get out of that clinical, sorry, situational ED? Like, how does that work?
0: Yeah, uh, I would say there are three things you can do. Uh, One is start meditating. And oh. I know a lot of athletes already meditate. Oh, so
1: hard for me. It's so hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, <I'm- laughs> it is. But uh, uh, if you want to have a friendly guided meditation, and it's sexual meditation, so it's specific it's oh. sexual meditation. Didn't if even you know if that was a thing. A, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, if you want to have a friendly guide, I have sexual meditation videos on YouTube. Oh, cool. If you just search Love Bites by Dr. Tara, you will find these videos. Okay. But basically, my number one prescription is sexual meditation. Oh. It allows you to get out of your head, get into your breathing, controlling your dick, and basically get more, feel more, it, this will sound like it's counterintuitive, but like, get more control by letting go. Yeah, no, no, no.
1: I you mean, what I'm I think athletes specifically will understand this because there's yes. a lot of performance anxiety for mixed martial arts or boxing whatever you know uh, whatever the sport is so it's probably a lot of the same techniques with breathing Mm -hmm. and visualization and and that kind of thing oh that's great you know and that's that's very hopeful for the athletes who are suffering from that because it's like if you can focus on winning the fight or you know winning the game you can do the same thing with getting your wiener hard
0: yes yes (laughs) that's awesome meditation it it allows you to surrender so that you can have a better control yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So sexual meditation is my first, like my number one prescription for situational ed. Uh, number two is it's related to meditation, which is breath work. Uh, I've been talking to, um, pharmacists, uh, they're, they're called the men's health unscripted. They're on Instagram. They often talk about breathing through your nose because there's literally, uh, points in your nose, uh, that goes directly to your dick. Whoa. Guys, Close your mouth. Close your mouth. (laughs) Breathe
1: through your nose, guys.
0: Do not breathe from your mouth, (laughs) men.
1: And it's not (laughs) the same for women. You you know you don't have that same pathways.
0: It's uh it's specifically for men. Okay. Okay. Yeah, for male male bodies with penises. Uh, there's specific places in the nose. So doing regular breath work activities like practices, uh, like. You've heard of, you've heard of like Wim Hof. I have, I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there are like specific techniques out there for breath work that are actually great for erections. Wow, okay. I would highly recommend doing that. Wow,
1: I'm learning (laughs) so much. I did not know any of this. I mean, talking a lot about wieners, but that's, you know, good to know.
0: Okay. Well, we're winners first, then we pussy after. Uh, <laughs> okay. I went to a pussy worshiping class. It was really cool. So I want to talk about that too. Okay. But, uh, so the third one um, I would say is communicating to yourself. It's called intrapersonal communication. Okay. And as, as an athlete, you must have heard about positive affirmations and visualization. Is it kind of like self-talk, like what you're t- yeah. telling? Okay. Positive self-talk, Got it. like pep talk, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's huge in sports. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Uh, like I think LeBron James in an, in one interview, he says, you know, I visualize and I tell myself I'm not tired. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not tired. Yep. I'm good. Yeah. I can do like a hundred more balls. I can, you know, I can do this. I'm not tired. Yep. Therefore, I'm, I'm not tired. So, yeah. so positive self-talk or like whatever self-talk that you need is great. There's psychology behind it, there's proof, there's evidence. So this is for men and women that want to become more sexually confident, that want to feel like they are able to feed into their sex appeal uh, positive self-talk is great. So mm-hmm. I would say for men and women, um, in the morning, if you want to like look in the mirror and just say, I am a great lover. Yeah. I am yeah. sexy. I have amazing sexual energy. Yeah. I do it every day. It's like a part of my brushing. Like I brush my teeth and then I say it. That's
1: so, and all, everything you're talking about are, you know, not, I don't want to say simple, but um, things that you can work into your daily routine. You they don't do right cost now. anything, you know, it is, you know, you don't need any devices. It's breathing. Exactly self-talk like that. That's so great. I want to take a quick break to thank our sponsor, Perfect Sports. These guys are always keeping things fresh and being creative with their flavor options. Their newest flavor of diesel whey protein isolate is no different. Inspired by the fall season, Perfect has come out with a limited edition pumpkin spice latte flavored protein. Pumpkin spice latte provides a spicy and savory aromatic taste that can be enjoyed warmed or chilled. Remember, guys, this is a limited edition, so make sure to get your orders in soon. Inventory will be going quick. As always, this new limited edition flavor provides you with the same benefits that Diesel always does. It's third-party tested for banned substances and is the highest quality that protein can be. Order yours now by heading to perfectsports.com and using my code REBELGIRL for a 20% discount. Guys, this is a sex podcast. Let's get down to it. What man doesn't want improved erection strength, penis size, or a better sex life in general? Penis pumps are not just an Austin Powers gimmick. We're proud to announce our new partnership with Bathmate. Bathmate are the world's best penis pump, harnessing the power of water for real, lasting improvements for your penis size, erection strength, personal confidence, and sex life. Bathmate Hydro Pumps have helped over 1 million satisfied users worldwide. It's safe, affordable, and backed with a money back guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Check out the different products, and for a 60-day money-back guarantee and a massive 2 years manufacturer's warranty, visit bathmate.us slash rebel and start your journey today.
0: Yeah, that's why I always say, like, I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm (laughs) just... what i know yeah yeah so yeah these are these are great things and of course for people with vulvas with vaginas as well so for women as well uh what the three things that i just said is not just treating erectile dysfunction it's also great for women that want to enhance their sexuality and have better sex yeah there's proof so there's a lab in canada that does specifically research, experimental research, in female sexual arousal.
1: Wow. Thank you,
0: Canada. Function function and dysfunction. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Canada's great. I hear nothing but good things (laughs) about Canada.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So there's a lab that studies specifically female sexual dysfunction and female sexual function, and they found that meditation increases the ability to enjoy arousal and increases sexual desire. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. Go at it. Oh, that's great. Last last personal question, you know, and I'm just putting my, my own stuff out there. Um, yeah. You know, I'm kind of just showing everyone that, you know, if you don't have, you know, just you got to have a little bit of courage to get uncomfortable, you know? So for me, my biggest issue is my self-confidence with my body, especially as an athlete currently on the bench, unable to work out and train and mold my body into what I feel is sexy, right? But... My partner, on the other hand, is infatuated with this fluffy version of myself, okay. you know, just thinks that like thick is in and, and, and I love that so much. But how do I, as, you know, an athlete who's just constantly holding myself to the highest physical standard, how do I feel sexy in this? you know, body that I, I don't want to be in. I will get out of it, you know, and I'm healing. And I know a lot of my listeners are athletes or in sports and all that. Or maybe they're just, you know, a regular person, an accountant, like you said, who, you know, <laughs> fell off a chair and now she can't work out or he can't work out. Um, what would you say to, the, to my situation where it's like, I love sex. My partner is attracted to me. But my issue is in my own mind where I just feel so
0: unsexy. I love this question and I know that lots of people can relate to it because there are sometimes uh, I feel very shitty about my body and I think more women than men experience this, uh, because of how we were socialized to like, you know, look a certain way, be a certain way. So more women feel more shame related to their bodies than men. Of course. Like a ne- negative body, uh, like self image is a huge problem among young girls. Yes. Uh, so, uh, my first method to feeling more sexy and being okay with my body and even loving my body even when it's not at the my quote unquote norm yeah is appreciation so uh i want to base it off of research there's research that shows writing appreciation for life uh, allows you to you report higher life satisfaction just writing it down yeah just writing it down. So now let's apply that to body image. What if we write an appreciation letter for our body? Hmm. Will we love it more? Yes, we will. According to the same logic with loving life. Yeah, I guess so. So if we write down, I love my boobies. (laughs) I love my tummy. I love my back. Thank you for letting me stand up. I love my legs. I, you know, I am appreciative of my feet. Because I walked two miles today, right? Like loving your body means appreciating the every part of it, uh, and writing it down is powerful. Wow! There's you know there's research in journaling, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm basing it off of that kind of research. So if you write down uh, why you appreciate your body, wow, you yeah. will slowly trick your brain to love it more, to be okay with different body types that's not the norm for you. I love that. And again, it's
1: something so simple that can make make a huge impact.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I whenever I feel self-conscious, I and I journal every day, but I don't journal about my body every day, but when I do feel self-conscious in the morning, I add that to my journal. Yeah, I guess it's whatever oh, you, yeah, yeah, whatever
1: you're feeling insecure about or, or worried exactly. about, you know, add that in.
0: Gosh. Yeah, I'm like today I am thankful for my tummy. <laughs> you know <laughs> where I am thankful for my arms like yeah I think it's uh it's minor little things again another thing that you can do without buying anything or paying for yeah something.
1: yeah I uh-huh, love this so love much yeah. okay well I feel like I would I would love to talk to you all day about this stuff because I feel like I'm learning so much and I know that the listeners and now the viewers are learning stuff as well but if we want to learn more I know that you have your own podcast is it audio or video
0: It's audio right now, but you are inspiring me to do video. You can do
1: it. If I could do it, (laughs) you know, you could do it. Or I'll connect you with these awesome guys, you know, that's just. Yes. um, They all get
0: boners, right? (laughs) Apparently (laughs) they all get
1: boners. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't, you know, I don't think they're afraid to talk about boners either. But, um, you know, if we wanted to continue to learn like we are today, uh, what do you normally talk about on your podcast? Just kind of sell us on it real quick. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay yeah uh, so uh love bites by dr tara podcast focuses on sexual wellness and sex exploration so sexfloration <laughs> so i have guests from anywhere from uh you know an expert the number one researcher in female sexual arousal from that lab in canada the sexual health institute oh. uh, dr lori brado to come on and talk about all these experimental cutting edge research wow. uh in improving female sexual functioning Amazing. so i have guests from you know uh, highly like academic people to you know my recent guest daniel saint he is the founder of a premier sex club oh in i know New
1: York. i've heard of that yeah i, yeah, I follow him on a- instagram
0: it's yeah. The <laughs> membership base is uh. It's very. It's very sex positive. They have a whole sex club in New York, mm-hmm. and they are expanding everywhere in the U.S. Yeah. They have. They have eight thousand members. Yeah. 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 So the I have him on as well, talking about sex clubs one oh one. Like, what is it like inside a inside a sex club, and then what are the do's and don'ts? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know, from then on, I also have uh, a, a person with a personal experience. So this girl, Caitlyn, and actually her episode is top, like one of the top, uh, listen to episodes because people just love hearing real life experience. Yeah. So she talked about her first time going out with a girl and being heterosexual, but like going out with a girl and having sex with a girl, fingering a girl for the first time, uh, licking her pussy, like eating her out the first time. But as a, as a heterosexual girl or as a woman who was exploring her sexuality? Uh, Well, she has always been a heterosexual girl, but now she is uh, heteroflexible. So she likes going on dates and have sexual experiences with women, but she is in a relationship with a man and they have amazing communication. And I'm their friend. Flexible. That's a new term. Yeah. I'm like, whoa,
1: I thought I was on the cutting edge of sex terms, but (laughs) I am not. (laughs) Um, What is the difference between heterosexual and bisexual?
0: Yeah, so a hetero, you mean hetero flexible? Sorry, hetero flexible. Yeah, and yeah.
1: bisexual.
0: A bisexual typically is interested, sexually interested in both men and women. Okay. Right? Like almost equally. Like, oh, yeah, like I'm attracted to women, I'm attracted to men. Doesn't mean they're attracted to every single person. Yeah, no. But they are able to mm-hmm. be like, oh, wow, like I'm into this girl, I'm into this guy. Okay. But a hetero flexible person is they feel related to and resonate with heterosexuality most of the time. Minus that like 2% of like, I want to explore a woman once a year or every now and then that is a heteroflexible.
1: There are so many terms for...
0: I know, I know. (laughs) And I try to be,
1: so I try to be as in the know as possible because you know i want to be inclusive and yeah. not get canceled also you know but
0: God, I'm it's not- hard there's new terms all the time but you know being a professor uh and like lecturing every day uh mm-hmm. i kind of have to keep tabs with like what are some things out there now that i don't know and there are still things i don't know or have never heard of yeah uh, yeah that gen z's are using mm-hmm. like no idea. Yeah. So there's always terms. So no no shame on that. There's always new terms. And, you know, it's all about just continuously learning and sharing.
1: Oh, I love that. We're getting close to the end. So I got to transition into some of our games and then some fan questions at the end, if that's OK. OK. okay. Yeah. So we always play this game. We usually do it with athletes. But I thought since you are so bubbly and <laughs> just down, you know, let's be a little silly and let's play a game of Fuck, Marry, Kill. Fuck one, marry one, kill
0: one. Go. I think we're done here. Done here.
1: So I'm going to give you three names, and Correct. you're going to tell me out of those three names who you would fuck, who you would marry, and who you would kill. Okay? Okay. All right. I'm ready. Your, your people are Dr. Phil, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Drew, <laughs> and dr Doolittle. so you're gonna you're gonna choose from those three days
0: <laughs> oh my god this is amazing uh, okay um oh fuck is easy i will fuck dr drew yeah, if you're listening dr drew <laughs> dr drew are you listening like, At love pack- bites
1: l-u-v-b-i-t-e dm her <laughs>
0: Exactly. <laughs> Listeners tag him <laughs> for this episode. Like <laughs> Dr. Drew, if you're listening, I said, fuck Dr. Drew.
1: Got it. Okay. So who, Dr. Phil and Dr. Doolittle, who's going to be, who are you going to marry and who are you going to kill? I will
0: marry Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> okay okay you like animals <laughs> <laughs> i like animals but i'm fucking allergic okay <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> i know so i would have thing. to take like a antihistamine the rest of my life but i will marry dr doolittle i like a, a passionate empathetic Uh, cute guy, so I will marry him. I think he'll be a a good lifelong partner and I'll probably uh, kill Dr. Phil.
1: Okay, got it. And just for my own personal knowledge, are you in a current relationship? Are you single? Yeah, I am. I am in a relationship. Okay, okay, awesome. So I got some really fun fan questions for you right now. (laughs) Question. Yo, I got a question, man. Question. We have at Biffstar5, my wife has an extremely low sex drive, but hormone levels tested normal.
0: What's next? Uh, back to what, when we talked about meditation, breath work journaling, uh, all of these things, uh, can help increase sexual desire. So nowadays when we say sex drive, what we really mean is sexual desire. Mm, Uh, so, um, for women with low sexual desires, there are experimental studies out there. There's evidence that shows meditation, uh, sexual meditation, um, breath work, and then obviously like exercise, eat right, all of these contribute to higher sex drive. Yeah. So 100%, I'm a big fan of meditation. I okay. think it helps you feel more sexual. And when you feel more sexual as a woman, you feel good about yourself, you feel more sexual, uh, you're more likely to have sex. Yeah, makes sense. All right.
1: At Jervis Manages 06, what's the best way to spice up my sex
0: life? try new things. You know, it's, it sounds like such a no duh, like every, you know, Cosmo article, women's health article talks about this, but think about it this way in psychology, right? Stability and excitement are the opposite end of the continuum. When there's stability, it means there's a lot of certainty. There's a lot of closeness. There's a lot of like feeling vulnerable and open. There's not a lot of excitement. Excitement is on the other side of the continuum. So the best couples that have passion in their sex life are the couples that are able to negotiate this continuum. How what do you mean negotiate exactly? Yeah, so do actually putting in the effort and trying new things sometimes. I'm not saying like have crazy sex every night. But what I'm saying is once a month, try something new.
1: Yeah. You know, try
0: something new that make you feel naughty, something secretive. Have sex outdoors. Try role play. Yeah. Try like mild BDSM or hard BDSM depending on what you're into. You know, try something new that uh, engages that part of your brain for excitement. Yeah, yeah. And that can carry forward in a relationship for like a month or even longer. That's so I would, I would say in a concrete way, concrete advice is once a month, try something new. Okay, that makes perfect sense.
1: And it could be as simple as like adding in sex toys
0: literally yeah literally yeah a, a, a new sex toy it could be something as simple as we're gonna play a sex game yeah 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 okay
1: anything. Uh, at little tina xx my girlfriend constantly tries to dirty talk and sexed me but i'm too dumb to figure it out please send help
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love this and uh you know We're not meant to feel comfortable with sexting because for hundreds of years, uh, even communicating about sex is taboo and Mm -hmm. most of the times illegal. Yeah. (laughs) So now we hit 2022 and we just expect people to be so good at sexting. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, number one, like feel less shame, right? Like I want you to feel okay that you're not comfortable. It's completely okay. And for everyone that's listening, that's like, I'm not good at sexting. You're completely normal. (laughs) You're fine. Okay. Yeah. So next is how can you uh what like what can you say? Yeah. Uh, well if your girlfriend is sexting you like maybe a naked pig, I would say modeling behavior. Oh so okay. if you send you a naked pig, send her a naked pig. <laughs> yeah. Right? She's I just thought of you, like, well, uh,
1: you know like yeah. when you, males tend to do this a lot you know they they don't model the behavior right so you're like hey I was just thinking about you and then they're just like dick pic and you're like whoa like that <laughs> that escalated that. too fast <laughs> you know you gotta model build up
0: <laughs> oh can I can I address that yeah. Yeah. Because too many guys send dick pics too early. It's quite, it's very off putting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, sending dick pics too early is off putting. You know what's hot? Consent. Yeah. (laughs) You know what's really Mm -hmm. attractive? It's like, can I send you a dick pic? Yeah. 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 Or, yeah. Yeah. You know, when someone asks that, it's kind of like shocking. So, like, if my partner asks me, can I send you a pic of mine? And then, like, an eggplant emoji. Yeah. When he asks me that, the asking, the act of asking is hot. It is. I'm like, Ooh, yeah, like send it to me. I'm yeah. ready. He, yeah. he, so he cares about
1: him. how I feel. He cares that I'm comfortable yeah. with this. He's not just and I'm doing not it. like a
0: co-worker.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not the grocery store.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Ask me if I want it. I'll say yes, then send it to me. That effect will be tenfold.
1: Okay, yeah, okay. So being more comfortable, modeling the behavior, and yeah. anything else about with sexting? Because it is so common now. It,
0: mm-hmm. I got one. Oh, uh, is a please share. Dick pic illegal?
1: Oh, Zoll, wa- Zoll has a question. DJ Zoll wants to know Is sending an unsolicited dick pic illegal? It's not. It's not? That no, is, it's not. Weird. Can it technically be a form of harassment? It can be if you
0: send it every day.
1: Oh, and there's probably yeah. a very gray line with one dick pic and seven dick pics. Like, what? Where's exactly. the oh, man, yeah.
0: exactly. Okay, it becomes yeah, that is a really good question. So you can go report it at like the police station when it becomes harassment because sexual harassment is illegal. Yeah, I would just, you know, yeah. block
1: the first time, you know, exactly. and then if they find your number again, then you know you got a weirdo on your hands. There
0: are so, many, so many men. <laughs> Okay, awesome. Thank There's you for any that. Any random men with monkey brains that just, like, send dick pics <laughs> to strangers? Like, oh. okay, let me tell you, it's never okay to just send a dick pic to strangers. It's never okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I don't
0: care if you're Brad Pitt. It's never okay.
1: No, no, not at all. <laughs> okay, next we have at the one who, got, who gots it. How do I tell my boyfriend his hygiene needs to improve, which is why I avoid oral?
0: Yes, I love this question because it's, uh, <laughs> it's brutally honest. Are, yeah, a lot of men are not great with their hygiene, right? Um, it, especially long-term relationships. They kind of just like give up and they don't trim their pubic hair or people oh, that used to shave don't shave yeah. and they like don't clean the un- under their balls. They yeah. don't like thoroughly clean their uh, penis. So uh, what I would do in terms of communication is instead of just like, can you go wash it? Which is like a lot of times fine because men are very literal. If you were just like, "Can you go wash it?" I'll 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 blow I'll give you a blow job. They yeah. will literally run to the bathroom. Yes, yes,
1: this is very true. <laughs> yeah. I've told when my boyfriend I, before.
0: I to my partner and like, "Hey babe, do you want to go wash your dick right now? I'm going to give you a blow job." He will run to the bathroom.
1: Yeah. I've literally told my boyfriend, "Hey, I will suck your dick, but I was hoping I could put your balls in my mouth. Could you go trim them?" And he's been like, Be right back. And it's worked perfectly. So, but if you were wanting to be a little bit more sensitive, I guess is probably what this person is wondering.
0: Yes. If you wanted to be more sensitive, the communication that I would do is through action. So like, hey babe, let's take a shower before we have sex tonight. Mm -hmm. Take a shower together. Make it a sexual thing. You know, clean his balls. And like, yeah, when you go to bed, maybe give a little reward. Like maybe give him a blowjob. While giving a blowjob, maybe say like, like I love the smell of you after right after shower. It's yeah. so sexy. Yeah, yeah. Positive reinforcement. Positive yeah. reinforcement works. If you're like, oh after, like you smell so hot after a shower, like this is your smell is so sexy. Yeah. Uh, that it will register in his monkey brain. <laughs> that, yeah. Shower, <laughs> like, blow oh, okay. shower, blow job, shower shower, blow shower, <laughs> blow Okay.
1: Zero one zero one. Okay, that's a, that's great. Pretty simple. Um, let's see. Three more questions. We have at Gabby Grandel. I watch porn, but I'm worried it's ruining sex for me. Is there any truth behind this?
0: There's so much truth behind it. Uh There's actually a lot, like hundreds of studies on porn. Uh, Too much porn usage, which is called porn reliance. And then porn addiction. Okay. So two different things. You can be like porn reliant, but not an addict. Not an addict. And then sense. you can also be an addict.
1: You can be porn reliant as in like to get a boner, to get arousal
0: for so males. every time that you masturbate, if you have to rely on porn in order to get a boner and to come, that's porn reliance. Got it. What about um, for for women as well? Yeah, for okay. women too. Okay. Every time they masturbate and to to be able to come clitorally or when they masturbate and they have to watch porn every single time, that's porn reliance.
1: Okay. And then yeah. addiction is you can't come unless you're watching it
0: and that you don't have um control over that addiction so like let's say you're sitting uh in a train you have to watch porn because you have an urge oh
1: no that's you know like
0: (laughs) yeah you're like in an uber you're watching porn because you have an urge (laughs) oh no that's an addiction an an addiction is when you have to satisfy it when you have an urge without any control so like it's the same as being a drug addict Yeah, yeah 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 yeah
1: okay got it so
0: it's no good like porn reliance is no good porn addiction is no good I would work really hard to self-regulate and like try to use imagination next time you masturbate yeah and if you are addicted
1: you know on the extremist level maybe slowly wean yourself off you know yes. maybe, maybe just watch a little I don't even know if that's possible or yeah every yes. you know you know imagination
0: one day porn the next or I, I don't know Totally. Yeah. Baby, baby steps and gradual. Okay, great. Uh, But if you do have porn addiction, I highly suggest you see a sex therapist.
1: Which is you, your sexual communication.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, I can help with I can refer to another therapist in your area where like, maybe they take your insurance or whatever. But uh, but yes, okay. So you you also addiction. you have to see a therapist. Okay, that's an addiction. It's just like drug addiction and alcohol addiction.
1: Okay, so you also work with people who have um singular issues not just in relationships. Right. Got it. Okay, great. Good to know. Uh anonymous. How do I make myself more comfortable with sex if I come from a religious background?
0: Yeah. Uh I often tell people I'm a, I'm religious as well. Oh. Uh yeah, so if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah, I'm like you um, don't really put sex
1: expert and super religious next to each other. But
0: (laughs) totally. Yeah. Uh, And I'm learning now that there are a lot of other religious people that I know that are very sexual yeah, because they're able to disassociate the good things that come from their religion with the misguided teachings that they don't resonate with. Mm. So I'm going to share a little bit. I'm a Buddhist and, you know, I go to temples, I give merit. I donate, I practice, I pray. I pray every day. So I pray every day and then I fuck every day. So
1: it's all there's balance,
0: you know? Yeah, there's a really good balance. So (laughs) for those of you that are from religious background, I understand you. The first thing to do is maybe when you have a time to self-reflect, I want you to think about the good things that come from your religion that you can resonate with. Maybe it's community, maybe it's faith, maybe it's confidence. And keep that in your religious uh, bag, like religious bucket. And then now let's look at how, how has your religion affected you negatively when it comes to self-confidence and sex, have they taught you that you're impure, that you're dirty, that you're not worthy because you had sex that's misguided. Now that we know from sciences and, you know, uh, actual research, let's dump that bucket. And Mm. then let's put in sex positivity stuff in this sex pocket instead. So I always say, you don't have to listen to everything your religion says. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be the first practice would be self-reflection and separating the good from the bad. Yeah. Okay. If there are like negative teachings, uh, like you're going to hell, like I would remove that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then fill in with good things. Like, huh? I love my body. Uh, I am able to receive pleasure. I am worthy of receiving connection, all of those things. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the two people that I've talked to recently on my podcast, one of them is an OBGYN and she's a very sex positive person, but she's also very religious. And she said, God uh, is pro pleasure. Uh, and that's her belief, okay. right? Like she said, I go to church and I'm pro pleasure and I believe God is pro pleasure. And like, so that's her, that's her deal is that you create your own reality with your words and that's her words. That's great. And another person, uh, this is a funny story, uh, is Layla London. She, she, uh, wears a butt plug and she goes to church <laughs> and like, <laughs> When she, when she okay. like got up to go get a what is it, communion or something? Like Catholics, that's what Catholics do. Yeah. She said, Oh my god, I all I like almost lost my butt plug. It was like it was wow. it was <laughs> <laughs> So she said, I just mixed the two. So it, I remove guilt from it. Like I come to church because I like like talking to my God. I like having faith. But at the same time, I'm gonna have a butt plug in my butthole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, that's great. Yeah, and, you know, we yeah. can make jokes about balance, but you know, I, the the way that religion makes people feel shame around mm-hmm. sex And premarital sex or whatever it is, or same sex, um, you know, same gender, you know, sexual encounters, it will completely throw them off the religious path completely. And it's like, well, what's better, you know, taking out some things to make yourself more comfortable with your religion or completely just saying, all right, this is telling me I'm dirty. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not a religious person. I don't know. But extremely good insight. Thank you, Dr. Tara. We have one last question. At Michael Travis MMA, how can I tell my partner I would like more sex without it seeming like a task?
0: Yes. So uh, remember, I, I, I always say, you know, modeling behavior is the best. So you want more sex and you think that they don't want to have sex with you. Perhaps there is a disconnect with emotional connection. Perhaps there is a disconnect of you not understanding where she's coming from like why does she not want to have sex does she feel like you have gained a lot of weight you don't care too much about sex about her during sex like you just use her why is she not wanting to have sex right so number one thing is being a sexual communication expert i always say you have to communicate yeah you have to have a conversation about like, hey, is there something that I do that perhaps is not very pleasurable to you because my goal is so for both of us to have a great sex life. Yeah. So please tell me what I can do to improve that process. And if you start with that, start with like what I can do. She doesn't feel attacked. She doesn't feel like you don't want to have sex like you know that something's wrong with you like you never want to have sex with me don't never say that because it doesn't work like there's doesn't (laughs) work doesn't work counterproductive (laughs) always go with what can i do to pleasure you more that's great so that they open up in this conversation and then from there ask what feels really good for you what is ideal in terms of sexual frequency do you want to have sex Once a week, twice a week, what's your, uh, what's your expectation? Uh, My expectation is three, three times a week. Oh, your expectation is once a week. How do we reconcile that? Can we do mutual masturbation? Can we do, you know, can you give me a handy while you use a vibrator? Mm -hmm. Can we uh, do something else that's sexual together, like mutual, uh, sexual meditation? So you have to talk. Sexual meditation. Um, and that yeah Yeah. sexual meditation is my favorite thing to do so you have to talk the sexual communication is necessary in this case yeah yeah that's great that was our last fan
1: question but my last question to you i ask all of our guests uh if you could pick the next guest who would you like to hear next on sex and violence with rebel girl
0: oh (laughs) i would okay i would love to hear from uh gosh what's uh what's her name I'd love to hear from, okay, I would love to hear from Dr. Lori Brado. Who is that? She is the leading expert on female sexual arousal. Is she the Canadian? Yeah. Okay, I will. She's the. Yeah. She's the- president of that lab. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. For that. Yeah, I think that I think she'll be Yeah, she'll give you such good insight. And you have so many good questions. So I think that she will be able to share uh, very, very valuable things uh, for your listeners.
1: And you know, the first thing I think is like, oh, okay, she's an expert in female sexual health, but and I'd say 85% of my listeners, and now viewers are males. But who's going to benefit the most? Is it, is it just women? No. Sometimes men need to sit down and listen to a 45-minute to an hour podcast about women's sexual pleasure because guess what? 100%. All of a sudden, your partner is going to be like, whoa, you know, what have you been doing? And then you're going to increase in the frequency of sex because it's going to be more pleasurable for your partner. Yes.
0: Yes. I always say sexual competence isn't just the thrust. It's the brain. Yeah. So yeah, men, educate yourself. Listen to... <laughs> You know, females talking about pleasure, talking about how they get pleasure, how to communicate, how to have better emotional intimacy. Because all of these things can only enhance your life. It's yeah. like taking vitamins, right? This listening to your podcast right now, it's like taking vitamins for your sex life. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'm going to exactly. use that as a
1: tagline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so we've picked your brain. I'm going to listen to your podcast more frequently because I'm just shocked at how much I learned in this 45 minute to an hour episode. Episode with you, so I want to keep listening. But besides your podcast, um, and please tell us where we can listen to your podcast. But uh, where can we follow on social media and anything else you would like to promote right now?
0: So you can listen to Love Bites by Dr. Tara podcast anywhere you get your podcast. It's everywhere, Spotify, Apple, and everywhere else. Uh, you can go to my website that has everything on it, lovebites.co, l-u-v-b-i-t-e-s.co. All my social media is lovebites.co. So my TikTok, which is growing rapidly, it's all on sex ed, uh, is lovebites.co. And then my Instagram is lovebites.co. For those of you that want to try sexual meditation, uh you can go to youtube and search love bites by dr tara you will be able to find these guided sexual meditation to try to have fun with your partner or just have fun alone and uh, enhance your sexuality Uh, other than that if you want to go even further and uh do some sexual journaling i have uh, a sexual mindfulness ebook that's out and it's 30 different activities you can do to enhance Whoa, your sex life. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I'm, I'm all about doing. I'm traditional, so
1: I would, you know, am I, I'm able to print that out and then actually, yes. oh, that's amazing. Okay. Um, Besides that, I think, you know, that's about it. I I can't believe it's already over. I learned so much. I had such a good time. Uh, You know, all these uh, links, guys, as always, I will always put them in the show notes. So you don't have to write this down right now. But um, anything else you wanted to to tell us about? You're such a knowledgeable woman.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would say, you know, talk about sex. Mm. You uh, will be surprised how much it improves your relationship. For those of you that are single and aren't dating like going out on dates bring sex up it really can like lighten up the mood if the other person is receptive Or you will really learn about this other person and how they approach sex. Maybe you're like wildly incompatible. Then you'll know right away. So talk about sex. There's so much benefits from talking about sex. I didn't
1: realize until you just said that, which is so like, duh. But we've been programmed that we just go on the date and then you have sex with the person and figure things out after (laughs) sex. But there's no rule that says you can't talk about sex before having sex. I'm like, duh, but okay. Well, talk about sex. It's been so informative. Thank you. This is like the most educational podcast
0: we've had. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, uh, love your work, Ashley. And you're—I mean—you're looking so attractive right now. I'm—I would say very sexually into this. And uh, are you feeling hetero-flexible for- right now? I am feeling, feeling very hetero-hetero-flexible right now. But uh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. That's it, guys, for episode 92 with Dr. Tara. I cannot believe we are almost at episode 100. Zol, DJ Zol, we still don't have a guest. Okay, guys, I'm asking you, please write in to the Instagram or our email, which is sexandviolencepodcast at Gmail. Suggest a 100th episode guest. We're stumped. I have some ideas, but I want to hear from you guys. Who would you like our 100th guest to be? Next week, we have a flyweight in the UFC. Her name is Miranda Fear the Maverick. Kind of interesting nickname. Uh, She is coming up. She's going to talk about her love life. She's she's recently um, engaged and married, and she's killing it in the UFC. So, it's going to be a great episode. As always, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please don't forget to check out the merch. We're actually doing a giveaway. I didn't talk about this in the beginning of the episode, but if you buy some of our merch, one piece, you are automatically entered into the signed UFC glove giveaway. And that winner will be announced on April 30th. So if you go to website sexviolencewithrebelgirl.com, you buy a hat, a sticker, a coffee mug, a crop top, whatever it is, you're automatically entered into the signed UFC glove giveaway. You can always email us. That's sexandviolencepodcast at gmail.com. And a big thank you to our guys, DJ Zoll at DJ Zoll, Tomorrow Kids Studio at Tomorrow Kids Official. And you can always find us on Instagram. It's at sexandviolencepodcast. With Rebel Girl and our backup account. I always forget to tell you guys this, but you know, there's Karens out there. So follow our backup account at Sex and Violence with Rebel Girl with the number two behind it. And that's about it, guys. We've got a really great episode uh, coming up for you. So stay tuned. What do I say every week? Be kind, be grateful, but don't take shit from anyone. We'll see you guys next week and talk to you guys next week with a new guest and more tales of sex and violence.